Man, it's, I, I, it's, I'll be honest, man, it's really good to see your faces this morning. Most of the time I'm, I'm blinded up here. I'm like, I think I can see people. How many of you noticed, like, the new things in the building this morning? This is so exciting. Like, 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 like paint on the walls. Isn't that cool? Like, the ceiling is, is, it's awesome. Like, there's recessed lighting. Isn't that great? Man, we're, we're excited to fix this building up, man. Hey, listen, some people say, hey, don't, don't put your money in brick and mortar. Don't put your money in buildings. You could do so much more with it. Look at me, church. We're not putting our money in brick and mortar. We're sowing in the lives. It ain't about a building. It's about people. We want to fix this place up and have a facility that hosts people to come in here and encounter the living God. Because people are the point. We didn't start this church to build an arise kingdom. We started this church to build the kingdom of God. Amen. So you're the reason. You're the point. Isn't it exciting? I, I, there's a story, Reinhard Bonnke, I talk about him a lot. Some of you know who he is. He's in heaven right now with Jesus. He's just fine. But he was an evangelist, and he held these large uh, uh, open-air gospel crusades in Africa. Anybody familiar with his ministry, Christ for All Nations? And, and in some of his meetings, towards the beginning of his ministry, he was having a million-plus people attend the meeting at one time. And that he was sharing the gospel and discovered that some people in the back, they weren't able to hear very clear. The sound system wasn't reaching. So Reinhard Bonnke said, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to get my team together, and we're going to build the largest sound system known to mankind. Isn't that great? And so him and his team, they built the largest system. And began to hold the largest meetings anyone has ever held before. And Ron Hart was excited about it. And someone asked him, said, Ron Hart, you're excited about the largest sound system in the whole world. Do you think that's a little presumptuous? You think you're being just a little pompous? And he looked at him and he quoted Isaiah 53, 11. He said, excuse me. If the crucified one, Jesus, is to see the labor of his soul and be satisfied, dare we think anything less than the largest sound system in the whole world? See, it wasn't about the biggest sound system around because people were the point. He wanted something that could reach the back of the crowds so that they can have an opportunity to come to know Jesus as Lord and Savior. Listen, man. If Jesus is to receive the full reward of his suffering, dare we think anything less? Look at me, church. You will always be the point. You will always be the reason. Are you with me? I want to talk about this morning, people being the point. Are you okay? Are you happy? Specifically, I want to talk about the harvest for a few minutes this morning and share some testimonies with you. Look at me, church. It's harvesting time. It's all coming to a head. It's ultimately what all this celebration is about. It's heart, It's go time. The light is green and it ain't ever turning red again. Look at me, church. It's time to run with Jesus to be a soul winner. Because souls want to be won. The lost wants to be found. I'm telling you right now, this is the most exciting time on the planet. 
Somebody go, Wes, are you alive right now? It is such an exciting time. God is moving in such a powerful way. Jeremy said it last week. The enemy has no idea what he's done. He has overplayed his hand, and you can't outplay the hand of God. We're living in such an exciting time. People are going, man, it's such a dark time. It's such a dark time. Listen, I'm aware of the darkness. I'm aware of who our president is and our vice president is right now, what they're implementing. But look at me, church. Is it really dark if you're the light of the world? See, my Bible says in Matthew 5.14 that we are the light of the world, a city on a hill. Our light gets to shine bright. Listen, it is the church's responsibility. It's the church's time to arise and shine like never before. It is our responsibility, our privilege, and our joy to push the kingdom forward. And we can and we will because God's on the throne. He will have the final say-so. Jesus is ultimately who everyone is looking for. Darkness is searching for light right now. I'm telling you right now, I see it. I see it so clear. I see the eyes of my heart have been opened. People are running to the cross, and they don't even realize what direction they're headed. But it's towards the cross. Listen, I would like to suggest this morning. You know, about a year ago, there was this mask order. Everybody put your mask on. We got this pandemic. I would like to suggest that, man, the church has had a mask on long before that. It's time to whip that thing off and run with Jesus to be a soul winner. The lost are looking to be found, man. The harvest is so plentiful, and it's not because it hasn't been plentiful before. It's that the body of Christ, we're being awakened right now. As an army rising up, we are being aware. We're realizing, man, that the hurt and the need and the cry of the world around us. We're seeing it. Listen, listen, last year, the, the, word, the, the prophetic word was vision, 2020 vision. I would like to suggest that we saw some things that maybe you didn't want to see. But now that you've seen it, you can't unsee it, and it requires a response. We've seen some things. We're aware of more than we ever have been before, that there are lost. There are hurting, broken people, and we're responding. What's happening is that our heart is breaking for the same things that the Father's heart breaks for. And we can't keep quiet anymore. What's happening is that God is moving in this hour. And it's not that he hasn't been moving in the previous hours. We're just realizing just how serious he is about every person being saved and understanding the truth. It's like, it's like the lights come on. It's like where's it been because we're the light of the world. But it's like it's coming we're realizing just how serious God is about his love for his sons and daughters. We're realizing 1 Timothy 2.4, it is God's will for everyone to be saved and to understand the truth. We're realizing in a new way, oh man, God loves us. And with his love comes power, so we're beginning to see him do extraordinary things. And we're like, man, okay. I get to be a part of this too. I get to be a vessel and a mouthpiece that he moves through. Church, are you ready? We will not be quiet anymore. We will start looking ridiculous up in this place and in this world. I'm telling you, man, I, I think one of the things we're realizing, man, is that the ultimate will of God is for heaven to be full and hell to be empty. He is serious about getting his hands on his sons and daughters. And if you're not a son or a daughter yet, he loves you as if you already are. Because it's his loving goodness and kindness of God that leads us to his heart. He's ready to meet you right where you are. He's serious about this love. And with that love comes power. 
it's, 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 it's go time. God's moving. And the body of Christ is awakening. The devil has no idea what he's done. I've never understood Genesis 50-20 like I do now. What the enemy has intended for harm, God is using for the good. Romans 8, 20, God works all things for the good of those who love him, which means we're going to be faced with the bad. But God takes the bad and he uses it for his glory. He doesn't cause those things to happen, but he uses them. I'll tell you what he's doing right now. He, he's using this pandemic, this racial tension, this writing, all the election stuff. And I'm telling you what he's doing. He's drawing men unto himself. That's what he's doing. He's drawing people towards his heart. People are waking up. The lost people are waking up. Going, man, I'm I'm tired of being tired. I I, I there's got to be more to this life than this. They're looking for something bigger, something greater, something more powerful. And his name is Jesus. I, I, that's what's happening right now. People are headed to the cross. Fish are jumping in the boat. I'm telling you, I got so many testimonies. I don't even know where to start, man. There's a Jesus-shaped hole inside of people's lives, and that hole is getting bigger and bigger in people. And they're going, man, something's got to fill it. It's Ecclesiastes 3.11. And God planted eternity inside the souls of mankind. So they're longing for the eternal things that only God can give them. It's Genesis chapter 1 verse 27. We were all created in the image of God. People are tired of looking in the mirror and not seeing the image they want. They want the image of God. They're tired of not having any peace. They want the peace that surpasses understanding that comes from Jesus. They're tired of being afraid. They want perfect love that casts out all fear. They're sick and tired of being sick and tired. They're looking for Jesus, and you and I get to make him easy to find. It's time to put Jesus on display everywhere we go. Oh, I'm telling you, man, the enemy has no idea what he's done. He did it when he watched Jesus crucified. Listen, think about the enemy watching Jesus hang on the cross thinking, I've won and he lost. But he had no idea. He thought, I finally got the hands and of the very one who just got through laying on the sick and seeing them healed, I got them tied down. I got, them net, I got the hands that have cast out devils, healed the sick, raised the dead, cast, ca, uh, cast out demons. I mean, cleansed those with leprosy, opened deaf ears, opened blind eyes. I got him nailed down. I've silenced the voice of the one who came to bring the good news to all creation. And the good news is that God loves you and his love is unconditional. And there's always more where that came from. He's ready to meet you where you are and forgive you. Look at me, church. You get to walk up out of this place brand new this morning. Thanks to the blood of Jesus Christ. 2 Corinthians 5, 17, out with the old, in with the new. Those who belong to Christ have become a new creation. I think I'm looking at a bunch of new creations this morning. Oh, man, I've won. He's lost. But little did he know what would happen when the blood of Jesus would begin to flow. As that blood dripped down the cheeks of Jesus and gushed out of his side. The Bible describes it as precious blood. It's precious because it's powerful. It won the victory over all sin, all mistake, all guilt, all shame, all pain, all sickness, all cancer, all viruses. Woo! And simultaneously... Defeated the devil. Undid everything he was doing and trying to do. Look at me, church. It's so important that we pay more attention to what God's saying, what he's doing, and what he wants to do through you and I right now. Turn off. Just turn off your internet. Oh, man, I won't have Netflix. So what? It's time to get serious, man. 
It's time to run with Jesus with a reckless abandonment towards a harvest full of people that are precious. The church is being awakened. We're, we're seeing past the ministry opportunity. This ain't ministry. Where, where were you? Where, you have never read the word ministry in the Bible. Try to find it. This is about people. People are the point. I want to take a minute and talk about this harvest. I, I, one of the things I want to do this morning is just share for a few minutes just how fun and how easy and how rewarding this is. There's nothing like it, you guys, to watch somebody get touched by Jesus, man. There's nothing like it, man, to represent him. It, it's, it's, our, it's our reason for living. It's our purpose for being alive. I, I, because this is important. It's time to run because time's running out. The gospel is eternal, but we do not have an eternity to share it. I'm not talking about end time stuff. I'm not talking about when Jesus returning. I, you know, he knows when he's going to come back. We're not supposed to. The di disciples said, Jesus, when are you coming back to establish your kingdom? He goes, you're asking the wrong question. The Spirit's coming with power so that you could be my witnesses in Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. There are people trying to figure out when Jesus is returning, whether they're just running with him to make the bride ready for his return. He'll come back when he comes back. But until then, there's work to be done. The harvest is plentiful. Stop trying to figure it out. Oh, are we in the last days? Yes, it began the day he hung on the cross. It's such dark times. You're the light of the world. Wake up. It ain't no president's responsibility to usher in the kingdom. It's us. <laughs> I'm screaming. <laughs> the gospel's eternal, but we don't have an eternity to share it. What I mean by that is we have as long as people are alive. And we're alive. I don't want to get to heaven one day and realize I missed out on my purpose for being on the earth yesterday. I, I want to get to heaven and like, man... I, I want to realize, man, wow, this is amazing, man. I ran the race with Jesus. Because once I get to heaven, there will be no sharing the gospel. Everybody's already healed, saved, and set free. The gospel is shared right here and right now on this earth. There's another uh, scripture, man, James 4.14. Our dad, mine and Jeremy and Carly's dad used to share this all the time from the stage, and it sticks out to me when he would share the gospel. James 4.14 says, our life is but a vapor. It's here for a little while, and then it's gone. It's like the morning mist that will not last. People around us are not promised another moment. And so many people around us, if something were to happen to them, they'd spend an eternity apart from God. And if you, if you have a beating heart that beats with God's heart, that should bother you. There are people around us. Listen, and this is why it bothers me, because I love them. And I love them because God first loves me. You begin to run with God, you'll begin to see people the same way that he does. You Man, time's running out. In, in uh, the book of John 4.35, Jesus tells his disciples, you say four months until the harvest. But I say, pick up your head. The fields are ripe right now. And if you look up what that word four, four months actually means, to those in the Jewish, uh, the Jewish community, that was more of a term, a proverb for them. Jesus was not talking about a time frame. Jesus wasn't saying four months until fruits and vegetables are, are ready to be picked. They knew four months as this proverb. When they heard the word four months, they immediately knew it meant, I'm not in a rush. I can take my time. I can put it off to tomorrow. 
He wasn't talking about timeline. So when Jesus says, you say four months, you say take your time. You say you can put it off to tomorrow. You say it's not a rush. I say, pick up your heads, boys. There are people around us that are perishing. That are looking for the Savior. They're looking for what you have. Now give it to them, boys. It's time to go. The light is green. This is an urgent message. Because people around us perishing, and I love them. I want them to have what I have. Are you with me this morning there's so many people that are walking around they don't know what they don't know unless we let them know and then we let them know then they'll know then they'll be able to go so many people are unaware of what the blood of Jesus has paid for them to have unless we make them aware it's for you right here right now today you can have it Jesus is ready to touch you watch this there's this prayer that's going around I am I'm not bashing this prayer. I'm not even saying, I just feel like it needs to be adjusted. Christians are going, God, do it again. Do again what you did back then in the early church. Do again what you did in the previous revivals. I'm not saying that's wrong. I I just want to remind you, though, God doesn't preach the gospel. We do. God changes lives. God acts as we act. I think the prayer needs to be just that God help us do again what they did back then so we can get the same result they got. You read the book of Acts, chapters 1 through 5. I'm about to study it. Now, you, you know, listen, when I tell you I'm about to study some scripture, this will, this will take me the rest of the year. You read the book of Acts, chapters 1 through 5, and see if you're not fired up. About the gospel of Jesus Christ. That, that we read in the early church, I mean, miracles just abounded. It, it, they realized that it wasn't a miracle to God, that this is just normal. This is, who, this is God's everyday life. They understood that he was in the life-changing business. They understood that he was serious when he sent his son Jesus to die on the cross. They understood serious about his love for other people. And the power that came with, they knew who the father was. You look in, in, in nowhere in the, in the New Testament, in the book of Acts, will you ever find them going, God, please do it again. No. They pray prayers like, God, make me bold so I can share the gospel. God, bless my evangelism. God, be with me because I'm a little bit afraid, but I know if you're with me, I won't be on. Because they knew who he was. Listen, I feel like we should look in the book of Acts, the first five chapters, and not just see what they did so we can do it again. I think that's part of it. I think we should read it so we can start knowing what to expect. It it hit me this week. I was like, oh. (laughs) We read the Bible. And we go, man, that's so awesome. That's so incredible. But what God did then, he wants to do again. The Bible says he hasn't changed. So what's changed? It's you and I. We've turned this thing into a religion rather than a relationship. It's been more about what we say and do rather than what's already been done. We're resting in our own strength rather than resting in the finished work of Jesus. We've made this more about us. We've turned it into ministry when it's never been about ministry. It's been about people. When you begin to see the harvest, whether the Father does, you're out of here, man. They ain't no stopping. It bubbles up out of your heart. It bubbles up out of your life. 
Christ in you becomes Christ through you, and it's just so easy. We got to adjust that prayer just a little bit. God, help us do again what they did because we are expecting the same results that they got because this is who you are. And because this is who you are, we're going to see you do what you love to do because it's ultimately already been done. It's time to run. It's go time. If you were here a few weeks ago, I preached this message about running with Jesus with a reckless abandonment for you. I want to run with Jesus for the sake of the world around me. But first, I want to run with Jesus for me. Here's what I've discovered as we continue to talk about this harvest. Being a witness for him begins with your relationship with him. The foundation of evangelism is you and I saying yes to Christ in every area of our life. The foundation to evangelism. See, I want to show you this morning that it's not about what you do. It's who you are. Here's one of my goals. I wrote it down in my journal for this year. I I want to help us as a church. And and, and I'm not saying that I preach into the choir. I understand that. But one of my goals this year is that is to show you, not just tell you, not just preach to you, but to show you by the way I live my life that evangelism is less about what you do and more about who you are. That it's supposed to just, just spring up a well. You know, it's supposed to be commonplace. It's supposed to be natural. Listen, evangelism is a natural function of running with Jesus. It's supposed to be so normal. Okay, so, but it begins with you and I being all in. It's supposed to bubble up out of us where our yes to Jesus is bigger than our no to anything else. Where we're submitted, committed, sold out, and surrendered to him. No straddling the fence. Get off of it and run with the king. First and foremost, because he's worth it. He loves you. He paid a price for you to have the best. Stop settling for less. Stop selling yourself short. Stop cheapening the blood of Jesus Christ. It was shed. The ultimate price was paid so you could have the ultimate life right here and right now. And the other thing is that the kingdom of God is at stake. When you say yes to him, you experience the kingdom. Why would you want to experience anything different? We've overcomplicated it, man. In John chapter 15, verse 5, Jesus says this. He says, apart from me, you can do no good thing. Why would we ever do anything apart from him if apart from him we can do nothing good? It, we've overcomplicated it. We, we, well, I'll just settle a little bit here. We compromise. And what our mind is, it's a small compromise. There's no such thing as a small sin or a small compromise. It's a big deal to God because he wants to do immeasurably more in that area of your life. When you settle for a small compromise, you miss out on the immeasurably more. You find yourself like, oh, it's just a little bit, it's okay, no big deal. God's grace has got this. You ain't supposed to limp your way through life. Heaven lives on the inside of you. You can experience the kingdom of God. When we settle for what in our minds to be the small thing, all of a sudden, man, it gives the enemy an inch. If, if he gets an inch, he'll take a foot. Because Ephesians 4.27 says, don't give the devil a foothold. All of a sudden, you're headed down this wide road that leads to destruction. You're like, man, how did I get here? Well, you thought that that was just an innocent thing. And it's a big deal in the kingdom of God. All in. Because he's worth it. He loves you. The kingdom of God is at stake. Whatever you got to do. Whatever you got to do, man.
Get out of that friend group for a bit. Turn your internet off of the house for a little bit. Sell your car. Sell your home. You laugh. I'm serious as can be. All in for the sake of the one, Jesus Christ. It doesn't matter, y'all. It's time to stop playing church. It's time to be the church. It's time to rise up and shine. It's time to run with the one. So watch. If, when and if you begin to run with Jesus, with this reckless abandonment for you, and you're like, you're yes to him, and you're obedient to him because you realize how much he loves you, and you're just like, all of a sudden, see, here's what happens is that Christ just begins to bubble up out of you everywhere you go. See, this is the heart of evangelism. But like for people, all of a sudden the love of Jesus just begins to have you love and joy and peace and hope. And all of a sudden, the world around you looks at you and they start wanting what you have. See, because Jesus is the most attractive person on the whole planet. So they start looking at your life and seeing Jesus. They're like, man, something's so different about them. So that you're not running up to people who need Jesus. You're just living your life and they want what you have. That is the heartbeat of evangelism. Evangelism begins, witnessing begins with your relationship with him being all in. God can use you no matter what, but you can only go so far. I, I want it to bubble up. I want people to look at me. It's not, I've, I've preached this before. It's not just about the go. It's about the glow. One time, and I want this to happen more, but I was in the public's line and I just walked up and the, the lady, the cashier, I was just like, man, how you doing? I said, thank you so much for doing what you do and blessing our family. And I'm just talking to her. I haven't even really said anything about God. And she's just looking at me. And I said, before I go, man, can, I said, do you care if my son, this is my son Jethro, do you care if we pray for you real quick? And she goes, she interrupted me. She goes, I knew it. She, I said, she said, I knew you was going to say something about God. She said, because when you got in this line, she said, I saw Jesus on your shoulders. I, that's, I want that, man. I want that, man. See, the, the other thing about this is that when you begin to run with Jesus for you, man, he just begins to not only bubble up out of you, but you won't be able to be quiet about him. Because watch, your heart begins to line up with his heart. You, 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 ha you have matching heartbeats. Because the Bible says it's no longer we that lives, but Christ that lives in us. I, I probably quote that scripture out of any scriptures the most. I think about it almost every day. That man, I literally, man, am carrying Jesus. Or rather, <laughs> he's carrying me. And so when you, your hearts begin to line up, all of a sudden you begin to see things the way that he sees them. You begin to see people the way he sees. You begin to feel what he feels. And all of a sudden, it, it is that Matthew 12, 34 coming to life. Out of the overflow, man, you cannot be quiet about him. He just comes bubbling out. He just becomes a natural part of your everyday life. Because it's not what you do, it's who you are. Look at me, church. It's time to run with Jesus to be a soul winner. And it's easier than you think it is. It begins with you and him. And then people want what you have. And then your heart begins to line up so that evangelism is not about a ministry. It just becomes a lifestyle. Do you see that this morning? I'm going to preach about this for the rest of the year, the rest of my life. So maybe, Wes, all you talk about is evangelism. Man, there's still work to be done. 
And I'm telling you right now, the harvest is so plentiful. Darkness is, is looking for light. People want to be found. I was jogging the other day, and this Amazon van pulled up, and they stopped the delivery package. I just stopped, man, because he looked at me and waved. I said, hey, man, I said, I appreciate you doing what you do. I said, it's wild to me to think, man, that we can sit in our homes and get the things delivered to us. I said, what a cool world we live in. And he was like, I said, you make that possible. I said, it's so cool because, and I'm just, I'm just beginning to, to tell him about how much God loves you. I said, man, God loves you so much. I said, isn't it cool, man, that, that you don't just deliver packages. You have the opportunity to deliver the real goods. Like every home you go, you get to love on and bless and pray for. I said, that's so cool. And the whole time, he's just looking at me. This is a true story. You can ask me. Bro. He's looking at me, and this, I want to tell you how ripe the harvest is. I want to tell you just how bad the enemy has overplayed his hand. I want to tell you that Jesus is one, and the devil is the one that's lost. I want to tell you right now, mm, salvation, the nations will receive salvation. It's happening. People are running. I'm pouring. I'm just, God loves you. Thank you so much for what you're doing. And I said, man, can I pray for you? And he didn't say yes. He didn't say thank you. He looked at me. He goes, can I get your phone number? I need a mentor in my life. He goes, me and my fiance, man, we need mentors. He goes, he goes man, he, he said, ain't nobody ever stopped me and said anything like that to me a day in my life. That's got to change. That ain't right. You know what I did? I gave him my phone number. Some people go, oh, but you don't even know him. He's a stranger. Listen, Jesus is attracted to the lost. It's what sent him to the cross. We distance ourselves from people's pain. I'm not saying you can't have boundaries. There are people I haven't given my phone number out to. That's another message. I'm talking about the harvest. I gave that dude my phone. We've been texting. I've been sending prayers. He was supposed to come to church. You, you wouldn't happen, you're not here, are you? Okay, Amazon driver, okay, cool. <laughs> He's supposed to be coming to church, but think, something came up for him and his fiance. but he will be here. Uh, it's, it's called life. Man, I, I, I want to end with a testimony this morning. If I could. I want to show you how rewarding this is. And that when you step out and love someone, serve someone, pray for someone, just tell someone that Jesus loves them. It not only affects them, it affects you. I believe with all my heart that when you and I are living out the Great Commission, that that's when we're most alive. The only thing that's going to be left standing at the end of the day is you and Jesus. We ain't bringing none of this with us. It's Christ. And because it's about Christ, it's about people. It's about an eternity. So uh, a, a few weeks ago, we had Arise Birmingham Street Ministry. Now, I love having this. It's strategic because one of the things that happens at Arise Birmingham Street Ministry is that it builds faith for it to become a lifestyle. And people come for the first time, and they're a little nervous, a little apprehensive, and it's okay. They can just follow and watch or whatever and jump in when they want to. But they leave going, man, this... This is the most fun thing I've ever done in my entire life. Because, because maybe for once it just wasn't about you. 
I'm not trying to be mean. I'm just saying. Maybe for once, it wasn't about your Saturday morning. I'm not putting anybody on the spot. I'm, this, I'm not putting a plug in. I don't care who shows up. I'm running with Jesus. I'm just saying. And it's not about coming to street ministry. Don't hear me wrong. It's about a lifestyle. But, but it helps. <laughs> it's so fun. And so uh, we, we delivered food to one of the Latino communities. And, and it was so fun just delivering food to needy families and just loving on people. And I invited Michael and Carmen to come with us because I knew that some there would not be able to speak very good English. And so I needed somebody to translate. But more than that, man, one of the things that we told them when they came to the last street ministry is like, well, you're not here to just interpret. There's something on your life. They've never really done this before, but you'll hear in a second they've been wanting to do this for a long time. Hey, hey Carmen, will you just come on up? And, and then I'll just set this up as she comes. Just come up here with me. Um, so we went to this one mobile home, and we, we knocked on the door, and there's a mom there. And I want to, I don't want to give super crazy amount of details just to honor the mom. Um, but she let, she, she invited us in her mobile home. It, it was like, I, I, the, people are running to the cross. She invited us in. She had three little kids running around and one in her, in her tummy. And so we go in. And we're sitting on the couch, and some people are going, man, what about the virus? Come on, man, what about Jesus? I'm not saying don't be wise. I'm just saying, man. So we sit on the couch, man, and, 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 and Carmen, I have, I have no idea what's being said. I'm asking for the Holy Ghost to interpret it because I know it's good, but all I know and what I do understand, Carmen tells me, is that, man, she's been in some pain, and and. And the other thing that we find out is that this mom is not sure that she wants to keep this baby that's in her tummy because of the situation that she's in. And so she's been doing some things to maybe eradicate that. And she says, it, I, I, I can't do anything. to like." And Carmen got to tell her, man, you can't do anything about it because God wants that baby to live. It's the breath of God in your womb right now. And she just begins I, just to pour into her. And I said, Carmen, would you just share the gospel with this precious lady right here? For Miss Sherry was there for about 20, maybe 25 minutes. I just watched this conversation take place, man, between Carmen and this lady. And this lady began to cry. And Carmen just began to pour into her. And uh, as far as we know, we have reached out to her since, and, and she still has the baby. And she says, since we have prayed, she is so much better not experiencing any pain in her body. But I, I brought Carmen up here because I, she, I want her to just share with you just her experience of evangelism, just being out there at street ministry and sharing the gospel, and just for her to share her heart just for a second to get you excited that anybody and everybody can do this. Good morning, everybody. <laughs> okay, so I'm Carmen. <laughs> um, well, um, last the last two Saturdays we went to evangelize with Pastor West, and the first time we went, well, the first time I went by myself with Benjamin, and um, I was telling West that when we were when we when I was driving um, to follow him to the trailer parks, that. 
God just touched me because I was, I've been asking God, you know, I've been coming to church and we've been going to church, other churches before this one. And I told him, you know, there's just something, there's something that I need. There's something that that's missing. I'm coming to church and I, I just praise the Lord and we're having, you know, a good time and everything, but there's something that's just, that's just, you know, when you're missing something. And when we went to go evangelize, I just felt, he just touched me when I was driving and he told me, this is it. You know, this is what you've been waiting for. And he said, I know, I told him, you know, I, I felt like I wasn't ready, but you know, it's not really when you're ready. It's when the Lord wants wants you to be ready. And when he wants to give you something, there's nothing that's going to stop him. So, you know, it's just amazing. But the second time we went to go evangelize, we went to the other trailer parks. And um, I was just so excited. And I told him, you know, when, when Pastor Wet said, there's something in you guys, you know. And I said, I don't know what it is, but I feel like I've been waiting for this my whole life. Amen. You know, ever since, like, the beginning of my life till now, I feel like this is it. <laughs> this is what I've been looking for. And we got to pray over the lady, and um, as I was praying for her, I felt like she I felt like this weight coming out of her. Yeah. It's just lifted out of her back. And she was just, it, I felt her like breathe, yeah. breathe again. And it was just amazing. But um, after that, um, the next day, I told my husband, I feel so different. I don't know what it is, <laughs> but I feel so different. And I, I told him, I, I, I just woke up, because usually I would wake up, uh, I would usually wake up kind of stiff, and my back, um, I, I, I'd had some problems moving a lot, like, mm, I don't know how to explain this, but usually in the morning I would be able to, like, well, before I had my baby, um, I would just wake up and be good, but after I had him, it was like my back was just stiff, and I, I woke up, but I couldn't move really quickly. So after we went to evangelize and I, we prayed over her, I received healing in my back, <laughs> and my and I was yes, it's 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 amazing, you know. But I also just want to encourage people that are out there thinking that maybe it might be something difficult or you're just nervous or whatever but you know the Lord is ready the Lord is ready and like he said time is running out you know and you just have to go you know just just go it's just go it does not matter you know you're sometimes you know you you're so stuck into your situation that you maybe you're you're like you're you're here you're happy but 
you have to share this love. You have to share what the Lord is doing, and you have to, you have to let them know that that they they can also experience the same thing that that you can experience every day, you know. And I hope this word just. I hope this testimony. I hope our testimony just inspires you and blesses you today and every other day. You know, I just want to say that today is the day. Yes. Today is the day and tomorrow, whenever, you know, whenever, <laughs> every day is the day. So God bless you guys. Thank you, Yeah, come on. Just give Jesus a hand. Come on, everybody stand to your feet. Come on, give Jesus another hand. Give him glory. Jesus is so good. Look at me, church. It's time to run with Jesus to be a soul winner. I want you to notice that Carmen said, listen, no one came up to Carmen and shared the gospel with her. She shared the gospel with someone, and she got healed. When, listen, I'm telling you, sharing the gospel makes not only others come alive, it makes you come alive. It's what we were born for. It's our purpose for being alive. Every day of our life, this thing is not something we do, it's who we are. Man, it begins with you and I saying yes to Jesus and people wanting what we have. And then as we run with Him, our heart beats with His heart. And out of the overflow of our heart, we cannot be silent. Listen, I, I just want to ask you this real quick this morning. If you're ready to run, just say yes. If you're ready to run, just say yes. I'm going to pray for us, and then we're going to run. <laughs> Let's go. It's go time. The light is green, and it ain't ever turning red. Amen? Are you excited? Are you happy? Do you know that the devil's overplayed his hand? Do you know that fish are jumping in the boat? Do you know that people are headed to the cross? People are looking for Jesus. Let's make him easy to find. Let's put him on display. God, we love you so much. We give you the honor and glory and praise for who you are, what you've done, and what you're going to continue to do. God, I pray just a prayer right now over every heart in this room that you would, you, the same prayer that the early church prayed, give us boldness, give us courage, and possess us with your love. I pray over every person in this room. I just commission them in the name of Jesus. I pray fresh fire under their seat right now in Jesus' name. And I just pray, Jesus, man, that you, that you would get what you paid for through us beginning this week. That you'd come bubbling up out of us. Christ in us would be Christ through us. And we pray that you, God, would, would as we act, you would act. Signs, wonders, and miracles would become so normal amongst this body of Christ that we wouldn't know what to do other than run. In the name of Jesus. And everybody said, hallelujah, man. God bless you. Hey, listen to me. You can stay in and worship with Lindy Conant. She's going to sing about the nations as long as you want. Man, it is 12. You have children. Go out and grab them and come back in. God bless you. Run. Go. Share the gospel. If you need healing in your body, you need to be saved this morning, come see me. Let's watch Christ manifest.